Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. screaming that day. No, take me, take me instead, not my child, not my son. It was a nightmare that you, you try to wake yourself up from, but there's no escaping it. And so I was swept along with the crowd, insanely chanting for his crucifixion. I remember frantically searching for his friends for his faithful disciples who pledged to follow him to the end. They were nowhere to be found. Or surely all those he healed, whose children he raised from the dead, surely they would speak for him. But there was no one. He was left all alone. My child. I watched while they mocked and scorned him while they whipped him nearly to death. I watched and I thought I would go mad with anger. I wanted to scream at him. Shut them all down. I knew that he could command a legion of angels to deliver him from this madness and pain. But he didn't. He endured the torture and silence. I was raging at Jehovah. This is your plan? This is your great deliverance? Where are you? God, can't you see what they're doing? Can't you see what they're doing to my son? I made myself push to the front of the crowd at Golgotha. I wanted Jesus to know that I was still there. I wanted my child to know that I hadn't left him like all the others. Finally, After hours of torture, it was over. It was finished. But that wasn't enough for them. They had to plunge a sword into his side, and as they did, the words of Simeon the prophet echoed through my mind. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that is spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. It was at that moment he went from being my son to being my Lord. There are very few of us in this room that have had to suffer the loss that Mary suffered that day. For a mother to watch her own flesh and blood, her own son, die before her very eyes, is almost inconceivable. But that's exactly what happened some 2,000 years ago. 
Mary looked upon the cross and saw her son beaten, crucified, and ultimately killed. No doubt the disappointment that was in Mary's heart was beyond understanding. And while many of us may not be able to identify with her loss, this I know, every one of us in this room has suffered loss at some degree. And with that loss comes disappointment. But that's what makes this day so special. Because with the disappointment and the hurt of unmet expectation, this is what makes this moment Jesus hanging upon the cross oh so powerful. Because what is on offer for our disappointment is hope. And it was even as Jesus hung upon the cross and he looked down upon this woman, his mother, ever the carer, ever the one looking after others, Jesus looked down at his mother and he looked down at one of his disciples and he said to his disciple, John, take care of my mother. And I believe this is an incredible picture that for every one of us who has suffered loss or disappointment, there is one who is looking upon you today and he's offering you comfort and hope in your loss and disappointment. He said it was time for the Son of Man to be glorified. But everything went so wrong. I'm watching him carry that cross, waiting for him to call down angels, or, or do something, anything. They screamed insults at Jesus. Jesus, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. He saved others, but he cannot save himself. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. Show them, Jesus. Show them who you are. I know who you are. You are the son of the living God. But surely God cannot die? Surely the restoration of Israel would not look like this? We were meant to call you king. It was meant to... You were supposed to not die among those who are the most... Shamed of all, you among filthy murderers. <laughs> but that was you, wasn't it? You were drawn to the outcast. You loved the unlovable. You loved me. You loved me? Why? I couldn't even live up to my own words. And you knew it before I did. I couldn't even admit to knowing you. Jesus, though they will fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Who was I kidding? Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Even if I must die with you, Jesus, I will not deny you. I couldn't even say to those servant girls that I knew you. Those bystanders, I do not know what you mean. Leave me alone. I do not know the man. I do not know the man. What have I done? My God, what have I done? 
have betrayed my best friend. Very few of us could say that we've denied Jesus to the same extent that Peter did all those years ago. And what we see from that moment in Peter's life is incredible regret that he had. It was only moments earlier he was so full of his own self-importance and he declared he would never disown Jesus. In actual fact, if he had to die, he would. Making these boastful promises. But those promises are only good as the pressure when it's on. And we see Peter, although he had all the right intentions when the pressure was on, this poor man was found wanting. It's easy to make Peter a target. Read the scriptures. Put ourselves in the shoes of Jesus and not in the shoes of Peter, thinking that we are like Jesus and not like this man. But can I say this? That maybe we have never denied Jesus three times like Peter did. But every one of us has done certain things that leaves a little bit of regret in our life. And what we find through the cross is what is on offer for our regret is love. Unconditional love. When Peter disowned Jesus three times and that rooster crowed, he looked over and saw Jesus, and it was Jesus himself looking at Peter, looking deeply and intently into his eyes. But this was not a look of condemnation. This was not a, I told you so look. You smile because every one of us has received one of those, I told you so looks. But the look that Jesus gave Peter that particular night was not a, I told you so look. It was not a look of condemnation. It was not even a look of judgment. It was the look of love. And at that moment, what was on offer for Peter was unconditional love, love that was not based upon his performance, but a love that came deep within the heart of Jesus. And that love is available for everyone here this morning. Have you ever seen a lamb being led to the slaughter? No protests, no questions asked. It walks along in such innocence, following its leader, the one it trusts. And then BAM! It's brutal. What I saw can only be likened to that. He didn't resist. He barely uttered a sound. I don't know what it is, but... There's something chilling about that. Something still sticks with me. Can't stop thinking about that man. I used a short whip with braided leather strips that had iron balls 
and pieces of sheep bone tied into them. He was stripped of all his clothes and tied to a post. And I flogged him repeatedly, leaving his back, buttocks and legs all cut up and bleeding. The whip caused deep gashes, cutting into his skin, tissue and muscle. <laughs> we found it amusing that this weak and bleeding man had claimed to be a king. So we started mocking him. And someone brought a robe to put on him. And he was bleeding so much it stuck to his body. Someone else grabbed some branches from a thorn bush and weaved them into a crown and we put it on his head. Sharp thorns pierced his brow and he bled some more. And then we spat on him and struck him on the head with a cane. Then when we pulled off the robe, we reopened his wounds. I would say he was already in a critical condition when we got him ready to carry his cross. But this man, he, this man was betrayed and abandoned by his friends. He, he, we drove the nails through his wrists and ankles and nailed a sign to the top of the cross, King of the Jews. I watched him struggle for breath. I smiled. And he looked at me. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Don't know what I'm doing? I know what I'm doing. I'm administering justice. And then it was weird. Darkness fell over us. It's like the sun just stopped shining. This centurion is just doing his job. He'd been ordered by higher authorities to whip and crucify Jesus. He was under orders. He was just doing his job. And yet, in his heart of hearts, he knew that what he had done and what he was doing was not right. That he'd made the ultimate mistake. Again, none of us in this room can say we are guilty of whipping Jesus or putting him on the cross. But he'd be a brave person today that would stand and categorically say that you have not made any mistakes, that you have always done the right thing. Every one of us in this room has done, has done something at some time that we are not proud of. Just like this man here, this centurion. But what he found that day was something that was on offer. That in the midst of his mistakes, in the midst of his sin, forgiveness was on offer. This bloodied man who hung upon a cross uttered these words, forgive them for they know not what they do. And this centurion on this day received 
the greatest gift that is known to man, he received forgiveness for his sins, past, present and future. And that is on offer for every one of us today. The last words that Jesus spoke on the cross. Three very simple, yet very powerful words. It is finished. You see, Jesus did not die young. Jesus did not die old. He died finished. He died on purpose. The very assignment that Jesus was given was to lay down His life, that in laying down His life, others would live. You see, not even death could hold Jesus down. He was raised up to life again on the third day. And He is now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And when Jesus laid down His life, for the very first time in human history, a man was able to stand before the gates of heaven. As is recorded in Psalm 24, verse 7, it says, Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. All of heaven behind those gates were in shock, silence and wonder. Never before had they seen a man standing at the gate of heaven, knocking and asking to come in. No one was ever able to do that. And from behind the closed doors, one brave soul shouts out, who is this King of glory? And Jesus Christ Himself says, I am the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. And for the first time, the doors in heaven were opened to a man. And all of the hosts of heaven said, Hail to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who was and is and forever shall be the Lamb on the throne. Jesus took His rightful place and sat down 
next to his Father in heaven and said, it is finished. And God the Father said, it is finished indeed. You are the Lord. You are the Christ. And he gave him the name that's above every name. In Philippians chapter 2, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au 